0: Every week they talk about music coming into Milwaukee and music coming out of Milwaukee. Here's Evan Ridleski of 88.9 and Piet Levy of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This
1: is Tapped In. Hello and welcome to Tapped In. I am Evan, here as always with Piet. And this week we are sharing our February concert preview. And Piet, I've got to tell you, I was not so excited to do this one. February is one of the slower months of the year for uh, live music. And I figured, oh, you know, how much can there really be on the calendar? And then I started looking and it was like, whoa, there are a lot of big shows coming to the city this month. A lot more than I anticipated.
0: Yeah, this has got to be, I mean, I've been working covering music for the journal Sentinel for about a decade now. This is the most stacked February I've ever seen. Uh, it's just, I think it's just a lot of artists just kind of, trying to make up for all that lost time and go out there. That said, as a heads up to the to, to listeners, shows are still getting postponed and, and canceled. So a couple of big shows that were going to happen this month, like Yola and The Kid LaRoy, uh, they were going to happen in Milwaukee. Those have been postponed to like August and September. So what we're talking about here could get postponed too, but fingers crossed, it'll still be a good February for concerts.
1: And, and what is the show that like most jumps out to you this month?
0: Oh, without a doubt, it's got to be the Tyler the Creator Show happening February 24th. At Pfizer Forum, this is his first arena show, uh, long-deserved arena show in Milwaukee, Uh, and he's got an amazing opening bill with with Cal Uchis and Vince Staples and Teaser Touchdown. That just sounds like an incredible show. Uh, you know, Tyler is no stranger to Milwaukee. He's come through to the rave before in the Eagles Ballroom, but he always does these really big elaborate shows. I remember his last Eagles Ballroom show, he had like a giant tree or something. And I think they had to like install it through like the second floor instead of through the loading dock because it was like too big. Uh, he always goes like all out with his shows and, and even in like his controversial kind of earlier, Odd uh, future days, uh, you know, when he was kind of trolling people and saying a lot of, you know, inappropriate stuff, uh you couldn't deny his talent and his charisma and, and as a live performer, especially too. So he's just a really great live performer. And this last album, call me if you get lost. I want to get your opinion on it. Beautiful album, really well done. It's, it's got a lot of positivity, a lot more than we, I think we typically hear from Tyler. Uh, and it's really infectious. And it's just, you can listen to that thing like over and over and over again. You'll always find something new in that. Cause it's just loaded with ideas and crazy little detours and, it's a really ambitious, really well-done album.
1: It's it's the best thing he's ever done. I mean, it was like a gift wrap present for me. It's got DJ drama on it. It is so joyous. It is so creative. I, uh, I've never been a huge fan of Tyler, but he won me over with that one. Now, Piet, uh, another uh, big artist that's coming through town that I think we've got to talk about, The War on Drugs. They're playing the Riverside Theater February 12th and 13th. Thumbs up or thumbs down on The War on Drugs?
0: I'm a a thumbs up. I'm not necessarily as huge on them as maybe some people. Some people kind of really, I think, kind of go above and beyond in their War on Drugs love. But I really do like the War on Drugs. I really like what they're doing with their kind of psychedelic Heartland rock thing. Uh, I remember I interviewed them a long time ago when they were playing, like, Club Garibaldi. And it's kind of amazing that they've kind of grown to be this big act where they're playing two shows at the Riverside Theater. But their sound is so good. I mean, it does really go for that Heartland rock thing with with kind of like psychedelic kind of jam bandy tendencies. So it seems like they've really found a good audience for that. That said, their last album, at least the album, I Don't Live Here Anymore, I think that's my favorite of their albums. It's, it's the least, there's, there's the least amount of like detours and kind of crazy twists and turns on it. But I think the songwriting is just so good and so strong, especially that title track. It's just a, it's a powerhouse. Uh, I do think live though, they will definitely uh, do some more meandering. And probably on the album so i think it'll, it'll be it'll still have some of the jam bandies you know aspects to it i want to shout
1: out two veteran indie rock acts uh, that are coming to milwaukee at very different venues this month uh, one is beach house they are playing the riverside theater on february 27th beach house really feels like one of the indie rock bands that has stood the test of time you know that hasn't lost some of their prestige over the years Ah, uh, very cool. It'll be exciting to see them. And then Low is playing the Cactus Club on February seventeenth. And what's exciting about this is they just put out possibly their most acclaimed album of their career. Hey, what? It's very different from anything they did before. It's very noisy. It's very harsh. it's very experimental. It's very exciting. I don't love it, but I love that they went for it. <laughs> you know, I think it's a divisive album by design, but it is, Really a go for broke record. And to see a band that's been around for nearly 30 years uh, push the boundary like that is really exciting. And also to see them at a venue the size of the Cactus Club is really exciting to me. You will be right there. It will be loud. That is a great booking that is at the Cactus Club on February 17th.
0: Yeah, low. I mean, that's a great booking. And I, you may not like that album. I love that album. I think it's really noisy, but it can also be really beautiful. And I think live, it's going to be exceptionally powerful, especially in that room. All
1: right, Piette, that is just the tip of the iceberg. There are a lot of other big shows coming through the city this month, and we are going to discuss them. Stick around. This is Tapton.
0: It's the most charitable time of year and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, or boat and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit radiomilwaukee.org cars to schedule your free donation pickup today.
1: All right, we are back. Tapped in, Evan, Piet. February concerts, like we were saying, Piet, there are a lot of them. I, I was really surprised when I saw how full the calendar is. What else are you excited for this month?
0: Well, I think we should we should zero in on some of the smaller kind of club shows um, because yeah, there's a lot of great stuff at the big venues, and we'll get to that more, but in a second. But there's some really great artists that I'm guessing a lot of people don't necessarily know about that are really cool acts coming to town. Uh, For instance, Chai is this amazing, uh, you know, Japanese kind of indie rock noise pop band that's playing at the Cactus Club on February 5th. I mean, they are just so fun and so infectious. And they, you know, on their last album, they kind of do everything from jumping around to like, uh, you know, you know, kind of post-punk stuff. And then they have like some chiptune stuff in there too. I mean, it's just really, just really kind of stunning. Uh, It's a really good album. Duran Duran kind of recruited them for their last album, too. So, you know, for what that's worth, (laughs) you may not be a big Duran Duran fan, but it is great that this band is getting some really cool attention. And I love that they're playing the Cactus Club. That same night, unfortunately, it's the same night, but at Shank Hall, very different kind of artist. Uh, Joshua Ray Walker is a really great kind of Texan troubadour country artist who has gotten some really good attention uh, for, for his latest album. Just a really terrific uh songwriter really charismatic performer um and that's a really great intimate space i feel like he is the kind of artist who's going to just kind of creep up on people and kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the the word of mouth on him i think is is already starting to grow but it's going to really grow to the point that you know places like shank hall are probably going to be too small for him because he's just got that crossover appeal i feel like if you really like uh, country and americana but like you know legit country not like you know you know Neo, like really polished country radio stuff.
1: There's a, another artist we maybe should have gotten into at the top of the show because she's so big and probably relevant to a lot of our listeners. Lucy Dacus, February 14th at Turner Hall, Valentine's Day with Lu- Lucy
0: Dacus. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're uh, not in a relationship, or <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're especially like really miserable or really sad. <laughs> I think that'll be a really good cathartic uh, Valentine's show for you. Uh, her latest album, Home Video. Oh, I, I, have you heard it yet, Evan? Have you heard that one? It's so all right. Good. So
1: I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I know she's an artist. I'm supposed to like. I I found I find her a little boring. I I haven't listened to the new album. I need to, you know, love Phoebe Bridgers, love Julian Baker. You know, and those are like two really big personalities, right? Like uh, Phoebe Bridgers, she just just feels like a star. Julian Baker. She just captures uh, an essence of sadness, unlike uh, almost any artist of her time. Lucy Dawkins is much more uh, modest in her personality, much more grounded. You know, she doesn't have that huge, iconic personality, I feel like. And I, I tend to look for that personality in this style of music. So I can't say I'm a huge fan, but I do know that that album is loved by all the right people.
0: It's a really good album, and you should definitely take some time with it. There's a song on there that I think is going to be just a killer song live called Thumbs, and it's it's kind of based on a loosely based on a true story where she's from I think when she was like a freshman in college and she went with a friend to go meet this friend's like estranged dad, and there's like some really just heartbreaking lines in there about how you know the dad hasn't seen you since fifth grade now you're 19 you know I don't know how you can keep smiling your nails are digging into my knee under the table like you know it's just it's just really. Oh, it's so powerful you know it's just so beautifully done and so sad and devastating it ends with this really great you know affirmation where dacus is the narrator is basically telling him that like, you two are just connected by coincidence you're just bound by blood <laughs> that's it you know and you don't owe him anything even if he said you did you don't owe him anything it's just it's just such a powerful powerful she powerful is a song i got, even as
1: somebody who's a little bit of a dacus 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 is, stock is agnostic. <laughs> I will admit, <laughs> she can write a song. A uh, couple, couple other mid-level shows I want to touch on because, boy, there are a lot of them. Uh, Devatchka, February tenth at the Back Room at Collectivo. Uh, I don't remember which one that was, but they were an indie rock band that was what big ten fifteen years ago.
0: They did they did the score for like Little Miss Sunshine. I feel like that's how they kind of got some oh, of their okay uh, their their most noticed. Were there a lot and of glockenspiels like, uh, on that? Yeah, a lot of Glockenspiels and, you know, they, they have all sorts of stuff on there. I think they're a really wonderful band and they do this re- they do really charismatic, huge, bright songs, and, and Nick Urata, the the singer has a, a really amazing crooning voice. Uh, you know, I guess a little reminiscent of Chris Isaac here and there. And um, I think they're just so good. And I feel like that was a band that somehow it, it just they didn't get the huge attention that they probably deserved because they were really kind of rising up during that whole You know, Arcade Fire era. You know, Mm -hmm. where bands that were doing this really kind of lavish indie rock were getting some attention, and they got some too. And I feel like the stuff they did was better than a lot of their peers, and you know, probably better and good good doses than Arcade Fire. Even though I really like Arcade Fire, I did back then more so. Um, You know, so I think that's a really great band. They're playing the Back Room, which is a very small venue for a band that does such a really big, rich sound. So I think it's going to be a great show.
1: If we're talking about good bands that, you know, are past their peak, I think you've also got to give a shout out to Sleigh Bells, who are performing February 15th at Turner Hall Ballroom. When that first Sleigh Bells album dropped, it was unlike anything else at the time. I mean, it was so loud, guitar heavy, distorted. It had this big clap and stomp to it. Uh, It ruled. It was so exciting. I remember seeing them at Mad Planet. Some uh, promoter at the time had brought them to just the the most small intimate venue with all those speakers that they could just blow out, and it was such a thing. And I think it was inevitable a band like that didn't necessarily stand the test of time. You know, it's a band that did one trick really well. Um, you know, that's not. I don't need them to grow and mature and age with me. I think it's enough just to have done one really cool thing and bring that thing on the road from time to time. If you haven't seen Sleigh Bells for a while, it's a chance to see them. I'm sure they're still great live.
0: Yeah, that's a really good one. Another act that's kind of known, you know, maybe is kind of deemed a novelty act, but again, the what they do is so so special and different. Um, is Black Violin? They're playing at uh, Uline Hall at the Marcus Center for the Performing Arts, and they're a duo that just combine, you know, classical music. They're classically trained violinists with with hip hop and hip hop beats, and uh, the way they kind of merge those worlds together is just really. It's really striking and really well done and really beautiful. Um, so that's going to be a really good show too. Uh, totally different from that. I got to give a shout out to Ashley McBride, an amazing country singer songwriter who's playing at the Pap Cedar on February 25th. Uh, you know, she's just you know one of the one of the rising songwriters in in country music. Again, one who can you know create stuff that might get some kind of commercial appeal, but she's really not going for that. I mean, she's more in like the kind of Chris Stapleton, Eric Church sort of world where she's getting popularity and she's growing in popularity, but she's not she's not dumbing down her stories at all. She's not dumbing down her songs. She can make very catchy songs, but they're not dumbed down. The lyrics are just so specific and so rich and so well done and just great stories.
1: Is she an artist on the rise? Is she one who's going to be playing some of those bigger venues in a couple years?
0: I think she can, yeah. I mean, it, it depends – you know, country music is still terribly, uh, you know, they're not, it's not a great industry for women. It's getting better and better. You know, there's, there's definitely not enough equity uh, on the, on the radio dial and, and radio and country is still such a, such a key factor. Um, and so there's so many amazing female country artists that are getting attention, I think more through, through critical acclaim, more through like maybe streaming services than necessarily on, on radio stations um and she might be one of those so it'll be interesting to see how kind of the country world uh grows and changes from here i feel like she does deserve it um we'll have to see if she can she can get there um but she's definitely an incredible talent and it's wonderful that artists like her are getting discovered even though the, the gatekeepers at country radio are typically still you know playing the you know the bros and the and the you know, the kind of romantic bros, you know, that's, it's very, it's a very kind of one note homogenized sort of sound on country radio, but there's all these amazing songwriters like Joshua Rig Walker, we talked about earlier who are doing amazing things, but they're they're not, you're not hearing them on country radio, but there's a, there's a growing appetite for that.
1: I appreciate you keeping, uh, keeping us in tune to that world because I know people out there want to crack country music, but it can feel really hard when so much of what's on the radio all feels the same.
0: Yeah, and I think if you're one of those people who, you know, thinks more about like the more of the, the traditions of, of great storytelling, Ashley McBride's a great one to look into, and Joshua Ray, Walk, Ray Walker, and you know, both of them are in town this month, so definitely artists to, to check out if you want country that has a little more kind of personality and, and soul to it and soul to the songwriting, uh, unlike uh, Walker Hayes we talked about last month, who I know you're.
1: Not <laughs> a few more that uh, we should let you know about. uh, man like i said a lot of good shows here uh we've got a place to bury strangers february 7th at the cactus club again a, a band that i think a couple years ago might have been playing a bigger venue but now you get to see them at cactus that's great slash from guns and roses is playing the riverside february 28th i would probably enjoy that as much as an actual guns and roses show still a guy in a hat shredding his guitar probably plays the same songs
0: Slash is such a great guitarist. I mean, like, probably the best live guitarist I've seen. Uh I mean so, so, so good. And he's he's the best part of those Guns N' Roses reunion shows by far. I mean, those are the things. Really yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah, it's like
1: yeah. it's like a budget Guns N' Roses show. It uh ticket it prices is. aren't as much and it's a slightly smaller venue, but uh it's still gonna be loud. Um Piet, every time, you know, I used to do this show called The Disclaimer with uh, Ryan Schleicher and Matt Wild from Milwaukee Record. Every time we did one of our quarterly concert previews, we always had to give a special shout out to the Prince Experience, the Gabriel Sanchez Prince Experience. It is a Milwaukee Prince cover band, uh, which you might be going, "Uh, do I need that in my life? And having seen them live, I can say, yes, you need that in your life. They go all out. It is so incredible that music makes people so happy. They have costumes. He's got women handing him guitars when he needs a new guitar. He has his own Morris Day. Uh, at least he did when I saw him. Like uh, A little Morris Day popped up on stage and did a, a, a couple Time songs. They go all out. It is the full package. It is probably the act that made me understand and appreciate tribute bands, something I think uh, you know, a lot of us go, eh, cover bands, tribute bands, eh, who needs that? And then you see the pure joy of the Gabriel Sanchez Prince experience and you go, yeah, I I get it. (laughs) I would buy a ticket to see that.
0: Yeah, no, he's amazing. Uh, you know, I remember my, my, my favorite Gabriel Sanchez is the Prince experience show was seeing him open, uh, for pink ages ago. This was like 2005 or something at Summerfest. And I know that he was so good that a very drunk woman, uh, jumped on the picnic table (laughs) Even though we were all uh, sitting there, as my my soon to be wife and like her mom and s- her sister, and we're sitting there, we're eating some Miss Kay's diner chicken tenders. But the Prince experience is just so rocking that this extremely drunk lady hopped on the table in her in her sandals was dancing on the table right over our chicken tenders. <laughs> I remember asking her politely, "Ma'am, do, do you mind getting down while we eat?" And she was like, "Do you mind getting off the table?" She's like, "Is your name Alfin on it?" <laughs> like that really loudly at us. And then we had to retreat to a different spot because it was very awkward and uncomfortable. That is, a, that a is the power Summerfest. of the Prince experience. That yeah, the power <laughs> Summerfest. Summerfest <laughs> let's,
1: let's be honest, that could happen to any, any act you saw at Summerfest. That is <laughs> a quintessential Summerfest experience. Uh, great band, honestly. Do, do check them out. And then, Piet, we've got just enough time before we go our separate ways to talk about one of the last big concerts taking place this month. Imagine Dragons, February twenty fifth at Pfizer Forum. Uh, Piet, typically, critics don't love Imagine Dragons. They're one of the biggest rock bands of their time. Uh, they don't typically get a lot of critical love. You're a you're a critic. Do you give them love?
0: I am a, one of the. Uh, I think I'm one of the few writers that is is pro Imagine Dragons. I know oh. you're very anti. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not know that. You know, that. I, not I mean. Ask. Uh, yeah, and so you true. can't assume.
1: This is why you can't assume things, you know.
0: You know, I mean, their albums are okay, and you know, I think you, you know their songs can get kind of predictable. They're, they do a lot of you know genre jumping within the anthemic rock thing. Um, so you know, yeah, I could see why, because I think a lot of critics think, well, this isn't real rock music or whatever, and this seems, this seems kind of dumb. And their lyrics can be very dumb. Um, but that said, I and they can be very earnest. That's that's for sure, especially on the albums. Um, but I think that they still are able to create extremely memorable songs that really kind of stick with you. You hear them once, they're stuck in your brain. And I think where I'm sold on them is, is really live. I mean, you know, this is the band, of course, that when Radioactive was like a huge hit, uh, drew like 100,000, helped to drive nearly 100,000 people to the Summerfest grounds in one day and created such a huge bottleneck that thousands of people had to be let in because it was just so crowded. Uh, because there was so much excitement around that band. And I think it's because of that song, yes, but it's also because of their live show. And their live shows are really really kind of fun and explosive, and they put a lot of passion into it. And um, the lead singer, Dan Reynolds, he's very outspoken about mental health issues and LGBTQ plus rights, and all sorts of things that are are really great to see from him and and for him to use his platform uh, to to speak about these these important issues. And he does it with a lot of sincerity. Um, Again, this is an overly sincere band. But I think live, they're just a really fun band. So I think this will be a really good show. But I also know that uh, you gave them a horrible review for their last album. So you probably don't agree with anything I just said. Well,
1: no, I actually, I actually agree with most of that. I, I, I think um, I appreciate when a big band tries to use their platform to do good. Uh, and and I appreciate that they're a band that's brought some excitement uh, to rock music. You know, this is not a great time for rock bands. Rock yeah. bands, are they are not dominant on the charts right now. Uh, obviously they do pretty well live, you know, rock isn't dead or anything, but this is one of the few rock bands from the last 10 years that, uh, can sell out, uh, you know, stages this big. I do respect it. Uh, last album. Yeah, it, it was terrible. There's a lot to dunk on with the Magic Dragons. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need to go in there, but I, I will, I will, ditto what you said, uh, props to them for, for at least creating that energy. You know, what's cool about them, they, they, I don't know if cool is the right word, <laughs> but they're from <laughs> Las Vegas and they sound like it. You know, it just like, yeah. there's a lot of like pomp and pageantry. Uh, a lot of, you know, their records feel theatrical. You could imagine how that would translate to the stage. Have you ever seen them live?
0: Yeah. Oh, I've seen them many times live. I mean, I many remember times. seeing them Dear at Lord. a, yeah, you and I, lived I have such
1: different lives. P. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, whenever I saw them, it was on the job. I mean, they played, yeah, uh, they played the, they played the first iteration of rock the green years ago. That was like right when the album came out and that was kind of fun to see. Then they did like the Eagles ballroom and that was like a very intense, fun show. And the crowd was really into it. And you just, you you like when you were in that show it was one of the shows you're like, man, this band is going places. They like, just, they just swept up the room and you knew this was like going to be a huge band. And that was before the Summerfest insanity. Their last show I saw, <laughs> I, I felt like that it wasn't quite as exciting for me because uh, it has been a while now. And they're, they're, you know, they're not that band that's on the rise anymore. And, and some of their more recent singles are catchy, but not necessarily as, as strong as some of their more earlier material. Um, but I think this will still be a good show. And, you know, you mentioned just really quick uh, how this isn't a great time for rock. If you also feel like it's not a great time for rock, but you're not into Imagine Dragons style of <laughs> rock, but you want to see a big uh, arena rock show, there is a great one with Ghosts and Beat just a few days prior, February 20th. Um, those are two... Definitely hard rock bands with, with real rock instruments and real rock vibes. So uh, that'll be a really good <laughs> one you're if you're, you're into the rock. rock voice, thing. yeah. That's why I use my rock voice. So <laughs> 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 those are those are really good rock bands who combined can play an arena. And they will do so on February 20th. That That'll be a good rock show.
1: Well, Piet, I appreciate you keeping us in the loop on all these shows. And uh, thank you for making me excited about this uh, upcoming month of shows because it's cool. It's what we needed. All right. You can check out all of Piet's music coverage at jsonline.com. Of course, you can follow us at radiomilwaukee.org and find this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Tapped In is produced by Kenny Perez and made possible with support from our members. And thanks, of course, to our subscribers too. Piet, I will see you next time on Tapped In. See you next time, Evan.